Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast episode 63. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello, and a really warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you this week? I am pretty good, I have to say. I've had a good few days in the office, catching up on everything since I got back from the States, And I'm feeling much happier about my work level and what's left on my to-do list. However, as always, and I'd love to hear if you're like this because this is totally me, all the stuff that I do first is the quick, easy, non-pain giving things. And then I leave the big but really important stuff to the end. So for instance, I'm speaking next week and I should have my presentation in by Monday and I'm recording this on a Friday and I haven't yet started. Now, before you think I'm a dreadful speaker because I do that so last minute, I'm actually one of those speakers that doesn't ever do it verbatim. So I can't. If I tried to do it verbatim, if I stood up with a script and tried to rehearse and then remember it, I just... I would just be a nightmare. I would find it really awkward. If I forgot my place, I would mess the whole thing up. And... It just wouldn't work. So actually, I always have a rough idea of what I'm going to say. And the slides just literally remind me what the next thing is I'm then moving on to. So although it sounds dreadful that I literally have three days to do this presentation for a fairly big talk, it actually doesn't kind of surprise me because that's a bit of how I work. But really, I should have done it sooner. But like I said, you know what it's like. Oh, I'll just sort out my finance things. I'll just do a couple of invoices. I'll just send a few emails because those are the things that make you feel really happy because you can tick them off your list really quickly. Whereas you leave the big, massive stuff on because you know that it's going to take ages to do. So I'm terrible at that. So even though I've had a good few days in the office, I now need to knuckle down and do some good, proper work. 
also, uh, during my trip to the States, which now is quite a few weeks ago, I did a Insta story announcing to the world that I was coming up with ways in which you can work with me because I've really let you down and let myself down in the sense that I put out all this content and I love putting the podcast out there and I love giving you all this free content. But what's great about something like a podcast is it really gives you a thought and an idea and a kind of a kickstart of, oh, that could be good. But what can you get into an hour's podcast or a 45 minutes podcast to actually then help you achieve something? And you need that kind of ongoing support or a different method, such as courses or memberships. And I need that too. So for instance, James Wedmore has a podcast. He puts so much content out there, but I pay a considerable amount of money to be in his next level business by design program, which is a more intensive coaching program. Cause I need to basically, I need to put some money in the game to make me do it is the total truth of it. And interestingly enough, we end up talking about this on the podcast interview today that's going to be playing. But anyway, before I get to that, what I was saying was I did a Instagram story where I said to my audience on Instagram, and now I'm saying to you, that I'm going to be bringing out two or three ways in which you can work with me, which I'm really excited about because the thing that I love more than anything is helping people. And I can't help myself. I do it all the time anyway. So it'd be great to put some structure around that. So I want you to keep an eye out. I want you to drop me a DM or an email or contact me somehow, whether it be through social media or like I said, you're dropping me an email through the Teresa Heath Waring website. And I want you to just let me know whether this is something that you might be interested in so I can get you on the list. So there's going to be a couple of things that I'm going to be offering. The first thing is going to be a more membership type program where it's going to be potentially bigger numbers. Obviously, they're not going to start off massive, but then I'm going to be adding content every single month. I'm going to be doing live calls, question and answers, hot seats, that sort of thing. And then if you wanted something a bit more intensive, I'm actually going to be doing a 90 day program where you can work with me much closer as more of a kind of mentoring slash coaching. I hate saying coaching because I'm not, I'm not a coach or a trained coach, but obviously I consult with clients all the time where basically we're going to drive your business forward in 90 days. So you'll work in a much smaller group. You'll have a lot more intensive me time and, and call time, and it'll be much more bespoke to you and your business. So I think those two are going to be really, really good. And as always, I will still offer my one-to-one consultancy. But obviously, as you can imagine, the cost differs from each of those three levels. So hopefully there's something there for everyone. And I'm just really excited. I just, I love doing the podcast. I love hearing from you. So it's going to be great that I can do some kind of more, um, more closer work where we get to have a two-way conversation. So it's going to be cool. And, And I hope you think so too. But anyway, let's get on with today's episode of the podcast. And oh God, I'm going to say it again. It's a really good one. (laughs) I know I say that every time. I mean, I'm going to write down alternatives to it's a really good one. But I promise you, as always, it is good. So this week I am speaking to the very lovely Colin Boyd, who is initially from Australia. So you'll hear that lovely Australian accent. And now he lives in Newport Beach in California. And I met Colin because He is in James Wedmore's mastermind group, which is the group 
I think, either one or two levels above the group I'm in. So that group had the likes of Amy Porterfield in and Rick Mulready and Jasmine Starr. So it's a bit of a rock star group, if I'm honest. But actually, Colin came and spoke at the first Business by Design event that I actually attended. And he got on stage and talked about selling from stage. Now, these two words probably fill 90% of you with fear because not only is it getting on stage and speaking, which I know is a big thing for lots of people, and even if they want to do it, it terrifies them, and it still scares me every time, which I don't see as a bad thing, but I know that speaking from stage is, is a thing that scares people anyway. Then add the selling element, which again, on its own, some people find really difficult. And I personally, again, find that difficult because you don't want to come across salesy or pushy. So the funny thing is add those two things together and they sound terrifying. But he got up on stage, he delivered a really good presentation. And as you know, I go to a lot of conferences. I speak at lots of conferences and and I see a lot of speakers and not all of them are brilliant. I don't mind sharing with you. Some are not that great. But he was brilliant. He was really entertaining, very charismatic. And although at that event he didn't actually sell something uh, because of the type of event it was, I could see how easily he could have done it. And he gave great advice. Again, one of those speakers where you're jotting down loads of notes. So I knew I had to have him on the podcast. So today he's going to be talking all about how you can sell from stage. And we're going to be talking about why you even want to think about actually becoming a speaker or using speaking as a way to develop your brand or your position in your industry, show you as an expert. And then we're going to go through some things around selling, which again, even if you don't speak, I think you're going to find really useful just generally in your business. Now, obviously I did a podcast fairly recently all about selling. So um, I will link up to that in the show notes so you can go and check that one out as well if you want to. So let me just tell you a little bit about Colin before we get started. So Colin helps experts, course creators and coaches to speak confidently on stage to sell without coming across push your salesy, like I said. He's obsessed with creating step-by-step strategies that anyone can follow to become a confident and powerful speaker, whether they're selling on stage or webinars or live videos. He's had over 10 years experience, so he really does know how to entertain and move an audience to action. He's best known for his Selling From Stage Academy, which is a leading program for growth for business through speaking. And like I said, he lives in Newport Beach, California, lucky man, with his amazing wife and two young children. Colin is super smart and gives some great advice. He also gives you an opportunity to download his PDF, which is all about selling with a story, which again, I've talked about storytelling is a great way to connect anyway, and especially if you're trying to sell something. So I've put a link to that in the show notes, which you can find at teresaheathwearing.com forward slash 63. But that's enough from me. Here is the lovely Colin. So I am so excited this week to welcome the very lovely Colin to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Colin. Thanks, Teresa. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Oh, no. Do you know what? I've mentioned in the bio how we met and that I originally saw you at James's event. And ever since then, you've kind of stuck with me. And 
the things you said and how you came across and what I do in my business and, and the fact that I speak, obviously it totally resonated with me, but it's just, there was just such good common sense advice and entertaining advice that actually it didn't matter whether you're a speaker or whether, you know, you, you're not into hard selling or whatever it was. It was just like, generally, that's just really, really good advice. And it was good fun. And I don't know about you, but I go to a load of conferences and you watch a lot of speakers and it's great to see a speaker who really knows what they're doing. Uh, because, <laughs> because sometimes you sit there and you're like, oh, I'm a bit exhausted today. And you know, you could pick it up a notch, but you were perfect. I loved it. So Colin, in case my audience haven't come across you before, do you mind just quickly going over how you got to do what you're doing now and sort of where you've come from? That would be awesome. Yeah. So I'm Australian, which you can probably hear in my accent, but I live in Newport Beach in California. And I started out, I was in corporate and I remember one day a trainer, like a corporate trainer came in and I was working in a job that I hated. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that. And yeah. this trainer came in and she ran like a brainstorming session. And I remember asking my manager how much she got paid. And then they told, told me the amount. And it was basically what I got paid for the whole month for like a two hour session. Wow. And I remember thinking, my gosh, I think, I think that's what I want to do. And I didn't even know what on earth that was at the time. I mean, this was over 10 years ago. And uh, so I ended up resigning from there. I became a teacher. And at the time I was studying life coaching. And so I started life coaching and I got my accreditation with the ICF and started doing life coaching. That was going great. And then, and then basically this moment came where I realized I actually really want to be an entrepreneur. Like I want to do this full time. And so I, you know, I actually got made redundant, which was a blessing in disguise. Mm -hmm. And I had a free speaking engagement that a friend had referred to me. There was about 137 people uh, in the audience, which the organizer had said to me, Colin, this is the biggest audience we've ever had, right? It was a, it was a uh, alumni university graduate audience. And so I was thinking, you know, I don't know who's going to be there. I'm just going to give it my best shot. It was literally a dark and stormy night. I was walking up the stairs. And this was in Sydney at the time with my amazing wife, Sarah. She sat in the audience and I remember doing my first ever free speaking gig. And up until that point, I'd think I'd had one paying client. I just was really struggling to get yeah. things working, right? And I did this free speaking gig. And at the end, I made an offer, which I didn't even know what that was at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I just kind of, uh, at the time I was thinking, you know, I would re- really love to get these people uh, connected with me. I made an offer. Out of the 137 people, 124 of them put their business cards or their details into a little vase that I'd bought from the $2 store no. in the room. And all of a sudden I had an instant database. Four days later, I'd signed 12 coaching clients. And then I was standing on the stairs after a coaching session at a hotel. And I got a phone call and it was this guy called Tony. And he said, Hey, Colin, I was at your presentation the other day. I thought it was fantastic. And I said, Oh, thanks so much. And then he said, I'm calling from Hewlett Packard. And I'm curious, like, would you have any availability on this date because we want to run a training session? And, no. and so I'm like, would I have any availability? You know, let me like, check. Let me check my diary. <laughs> I've got nothing on, right? I've got nothing in my calendar at all. Like, let me check. I'm like, Tony, I'm available. And then, then he says, well, we'd love you to do a presentation similar to what you spoke about. as about two hours. And I said, oh, that's great. And he asked me my fee. And I'd never set a fee before in my life. And I, I said $4,000 for my first ever gig, right? Oh so I, I'm, I'm crapping myself, right? Because right. that's what I got told. So like one of my mentors said, charge about $4,000 for your speech. And I was like, okay. Because they were like, then they'll know you're serious. 
And I'm like, $4,000 and I'm so nervous. And, and Tony literally goes, oh, that's easy. No problems. Yeah, we can do that. And I remember just thinking, oh, my word. okay, first of all, that's what I used to get paid for a month of work, right? Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. And, and then I was thinking, okay, well, now what do I do? And then, because I was such a rookie, I said, I said, Tony, I forgot to ask how many people are going to be at the training day. And he said, oh, he said, you know, we'll probably have between five, five and a half thousand in the audience. <laughs> and you're like, this is your second, like, you it's know. my second speaking, speaking gig, my and your first paid speaking gig. <laughs> you're and like, I'll break like, myself in easy. Holy moly. Like, what on earth is happening? Now, one of my core beliefs Madness. is that whatever shows up in your life, just no matter how big or how small it is, you're ready for it. Yeah. And so... I remember heading into that speaking year. We did it. It went fantastic. HP had been a client for over 10 years. I've done speaking gigs for them all around the world. I don't really do much corporate work now. Like now I mainly help people become uh, effective speakers on a stage and selling on stage. But, but I'll tell you what, that was an incredible experience. And that really just was a catalyst for me of being obsessed with getting on stage. Wow. But I wasn't always good on stage. And we can talk about that as well. So. <laughs> that but that's is- kind of my, my baptism with fire into this journey. That is madness. Like, so first off to go, to do a speaking gig of that size, first off, as in your first speaking gig, that's still a really impressive size. So when I first started speaking, it was in a network room to five or six women or, you know, a a small local network thing of 20 people. And then I felt like I slowly moved up the, the kind of, you know, run of the ladder of like, oh, now I get to do this many people. So that's just crazy. But, and then you must have spoke so well to get that conversion, like a 90% conversion or something. Well, I made an irresistible offer. It must have been. Right. I had no other sense other than I was just trying to contribute. I was trying to give as much as I could. I made an absolutely irresistible offer and it just, people just (laughs) went gangbusters about it. And this is what I learned is that when you're live in a stage, the conversion rates are off the chain. Honestly. like the other day, one of my good buddies, Brendan Lacero, um, I was chatting with her and he, he was running a, a two-day training session uh, as, a, as a bonus to an affiliate promotion that he'd done. Yeah. Now, he'd never, ever sold in, in stage in a room. And, he, and he, said, he said he gave me permission to share the case study with anyone. And he said, um, he said Colin, you wouldn't be- I couldn't believe it. He said he had 40 people in the room. Normally, he said he would just deliver the workshop yeah. and then just kind of be gone and be like, yeah, give people a few high fives and maybe sign one or two clients just randomly. But he did a pitch on, I think it was day one, and he did over $100,000 with 40 people in the room. Like think wow. about if you're doing a launch, you have 40 people coming through your launch, you're going to make no money, right? None. 40 people in a room, he did 100 G. And that this is, is the power of... I mean, for me, it's the Mecca is if you're in a workshop room or a live stage, it's the Mecca. Obviously there's other stages, there's webinars, there's videos, all that sort of stuff. Um, But for me, that's the Mecca. And so, but if you can master that, you can master all of it. That's amazing. So, okay, (laughs) let's step back just a slightly then. So there's going to be people listening for sure that are going there's no way I'm speaking. Like, seriously, are you kidding me? Because what is it? Like, the fear of speaking is bigger than like anything else, which... Like death. But, yeah, exactly right. So for the likes of me and you, because I love it, like you put me on that stage and I just suddenly light up. I'm on fire. I love the... I might be scared. Well, I'm always scared, but I think that's 
Same. I think, I think that's good. I think it proves that you care and you're still, and I channel that scaredness into telling me I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. Mm. Um, but then when I'm on there, it literally is like, please don't let me come off. And then when I come off, it's like, can I go straight back on again? It's <laughs> just amazing. So we would love it, but there's going to be people out there thinking either not a cat in hell's chance or thinking I do, but I don't, I, you know, do I really need to do that? Is it really something that I need to do? So First of what what is it about speaking in general that is really good for especially an entrepreneur, a personal brand, someone who's trying to put themselves out there as an expert? What what, what is it that's so good about speaking with that? Yeah. Well, I think if we talk about the context of a stage, uh, there's three types of stages. I think the, the top level is a live stage, like a keynote or running a workshop yourself, any sort of live speaking engagement. I think that is the number one space that you can influence people, grow your brand and just become an authority. And even if people don't see you on that stage, you get photos and videos and stuff like that. There is a there is an inbuilt belief system that people have if that you're on a stage, you're on, you're an authority. And mm-hmm. so I think that's the mecca, that's the top level. Then there's webinars, right? A webinar's a stage. For me yeah. a stage is any sort of platform where you're having a leveraged conversation with a group of people. And so a webinar could be a stage, a Facebook Live could be a stage, a video could be a stage. For me, they're, they're my obsessions. But for me, the top is, is, is a live stage. Mm-hmm. Now, think about, I mean, Teresa, think about any market leader out there, right? Any mm-hmm. market leader. Uh, like, give me one name. Give me one name. Well, we saw Brendan Bouchard. Brendan Bouchard. Does Brendan Definitely. Bouchard speak on live stages? Yes, he does. <laughs> Let's look at Marie Folio. Does Marie yeah. Folio speak on live stages? Yeah. Does Amy Porterfield speak on live yeah. stages? Does James Wedmill speak on live stages? Yeah. Tony Robbins speak on live stages? Yeah. Every single market leader that there is knows that live stages is one of the fundamental driving forces for them mm-hmm. becoming a market leader. And so if you don't want to be a market leader, if you don't want to seriously position yourself as someone who comes, who is positioned as a market leader, mm-hmm. then you don't have to speak on stages. Like if you don't want to, if you don't want to really grow your business and accelerate it, like you don't have to grow you, you don't have to speak on stages. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to, if you feel a calling in your life to be a market leader, to have clients coming to you rather than you trying to find clients mm-hmm. all the time, then stages needs to be a core part of your strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I think, like you said, when you try and think of some people who are at their level who don't speak on stage, it's virtually impossible. I can't think of, I can hardly think of anybody who who is who I deem as an expert. And it is that whole thing of if someone is stood in a room talking for an hour on something, if they're not an expert, you're going to find that out pretty quick if they're yeah. stood on stage. So the confidence enabled to stand and deliver something. And actually one of the things I love about speaking the most, and funnily enough, Jasmine did a whole thing of this at the Kajabi Impact Summit, was when people get to ask me questions, because mm. that's when it really tests you, because you don't know what they're going to come with. You don't know what they're going to say. And for them to just jump in and go, so what about this? I actually really like, because it's like, not, you know, not put me on the, put me on the stand, but it is a case of, I know what I'm talking about. I can speak about that. And I joke. So I've said it on the podcast before. I, I have, I've done a TEDx. I was very lucky to do a TEDx talk. And I tried to go in and be a TEDx speaker and do it how they do it. And I messed up royally, not on the day, thank God, on the rehearsals. And someone said to me in the rehearsal, what do you normally do when you speak? And I said, well, normally I would, you know, 
roughly have an idea of what I'm saying and I kind of blag it. Like not in a horrible, I'm winging it type way, but in a, I never, I'm never verbatim because if I'm verbatim, I'll forget it or I'll try and stick to it and I'll mess up. And so I literally think, okay, this point, I'm going to talk roughly about this. This point, I'm going to talk roughly about this. So Because you can't, you go in your head when you're on script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're in your head, you're not present. And when you're not present, you you don't create presence on stage. And and also, I think the other thing for me was that they don't know what you're going to say. So yes. if you mess up your script, your head, you're going, yeah, I messed up my script. What I say? Whereas if I'm just trying to say stuff around a subject, they don't know whether I'm missing that or left something or whatever. So, so yeah, so uh, for me... Can I just say, I'm loving all of the meanings that you're creating around being on stage. Like, you know, when you said, when I feel fearful... I'm, I say to myself, yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. Or you said like, they don't know what I'm supposed to say. I mean, this is all the stuff that I teach is like, yeah. there are various interpretations that people are, uh, they're kind of like thought errors mm-hmm. that are causing them to create fear. If someone's like a listener right now, it has a lot of fear around speaking on a stage. It's because of a thought error. And yeah. that's why you love it. Like it's yeah. because you've, you've worked on your mind yeah. to know what to think. And it took time. It took a while in terms yeah. of, it wasn't, it wasn't like that at the beginning. And then of course, every time you take the next step, you know, which was you, for you really quick, but like every time you move up a level, i.e. okay, now I'm speaking at a TEDx. Now I'm speaking in sort of an audience of hundreds. Now I'm speaking in front of an audience of thousands. There's that whole new, James calls it new level, new devil, but there is those fears kick back in again and you have to re-remind yourself of those things. I love it. And it really, really, really helps me think about this thing that way. And also when you said, when they're sat in front of you, that's when I get the best responses. The comments afterwards, people coming up to you and you must feel this all the time. You're speaking on stage, you're, it's really hard because sometimes you can see faces. I always look for a friendly face. And if I'm always, I like to sit front and center. And when I sit front and center, I have the biggest smile on my face as an audience. You would have a good face to look at. (laughs) There's some people, I just, they just don't have a good face. And but, you need yeah. that. You need those points in the audience where you can see those smiles, don't you? So I try and be Absolutely. that for people. So, um, so yeah, but you know, when you come off stage and people come up to you and go, that was brilliant. I love that. That was awesome. That was whatever. For me, that is just the world. You know, I just yeah. think that's brilliant. So, so, so can I speak to that? My obsession, you because I, you saw me speak at, at an event, right? And, yeah. and, that, and I didn't sell. Like there was no, no sell, right? No. I didn't even do an opt-in. But I literally had people come out, coming up to me and giving me their physical credit cards saying, mm-hmm. how can I buy something off you? That and is it was unbelievable. the way that I spoke yeah. that they did that. And they got a ton of value. Did you get value from the presentation? Like I showed you my notes before we came on screen. Honestly, total value. Like, and that's yeah. the point because they look at you and go, oh, yes, thank you. Mm. And one thing I want to ask you, which is a little bit off piece, what I was going to ask you, but I, I'd like to add my own knowledge, really. Sure. So one of the things I really struggle with is charging, okay? And so last How night... What do you mean charging? Charging to speak. Oh, so, charging money to speak, right. Yes. So last night I went and did a talk locally and it was a really small group. And my husband, who is my biggest advocate and is desperate to keep me pushing and getting bigger and bigger and doing amazing things... He'll say to me sometimes, why do you do these? Like, you know, it's a really small group. You're really busy. You've, you're running around. Just, I love speaking. And I, I do sometimes feel like, actually, do you know what? You're going to put me in a room with 
eight or nine local women. It's down the road for starters. So it's not like I'm having to go out my way massively. I don't massively prepare because it's not that kind of talk, but I love that kind of adding that value. And do you know what? I did it last night and I literally spoke at the speed of light I'm a fast talker anyway and I just add value add value add value, and I just kept throwing it at them and then they'd go what about this and I'd answer that and answer that and they came away like oh my god like my head is like thank you so much and it was brilliant but and and then I do obviously big stuff but I really struggle knowing how and when to Mm. say great this is how much it's going to be well first of all you just make it up right you make up how much it is you make up how much you're going to charge like one of the difference, one of the biggest difference between someone who gets a five thousand dollar keynote fee and someone who gets a ten thousand dollar keynote fee mm-hmm. is that when the sponsor asks, you know, what's yeah. the price, the ten thousand says ten thousand, and five thousand says five thousand. Like there isn't that much difference other than just saying the number. And that's crazy. Now, there are some nuances like positioning in the market. Do you have some celebrity? Do you have a unique proprietary knowledge and stuff like that? But, you know, really when it comes down to it, it's ju- you literally just make it up. And so it, it is just making it, yeah, you just literally make it up. And so part of it as well is like what sort of, you know, what sort of business do you want to build? Because yeah. you can be a, 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 like a paid speaker. So I was a paid speaker and I still get paid like just the other day, actually. And, and that's actually, your job as a Yeah, and that's your job. Yeah. And that's yeah. your job. And I actually mentor a lot of paid speakers. Like I was just mentoring a paid speaker. I think he's he's doing around six hundred thousand dollars a year, but but he was capped out, right? Mm. And I mean, you can survive on six hundred thousand, but you know, (laughs) but he was capped out, and he was like, "How do I get to a million? And so, well, I'm been mentoring how how he gets to his million, and so, and that's about adding leverage products and and different conversations that he has with the corporates. Mm. But that's a very different business model, and that's what you're starting to talk about different business models. And so, for me, right, Mm. I I was a professional speaker for about eight or nine years. And I would go in, get paid my $10,000 to do an hour presentation or a full day, full day workshop or something mm-hmm. like that. And there was nothing else to do after that. Yeah. Now, the problem with that is it's, it's transactional. And, the, and then the problem with that is there's, there's, it lacks continuity and, and all that sort of stuff. And so for me, I designed a, like a process where I go into a corporation, I get my keynote fee, but I also sell them my online programs. And like, for example, yeah. just the other day, we, we did a three day, I did a three-day training with an organization they paid me, I think it was like 20 grand or something like that to do three days. And then we did another 20 grand of online courses on top mm-hmm. of that. And right. so it ends up being a $40,000 one-time transaction rather than a 18 to a $20,000 one-time transaction. And yeah. so that process, I teach a lot of people who are in the professional market. But yeah. if you're an entre- in the entrepreneur market, there is less pay to be speaked pay to be speaked, um, like <laughs> less pay, like fee yeah, for speaking yeah. and more, a lot of the time you sell on stage okay, and you do a partnership with the promoter yeah, or you are doing it for positioning in the market. Do you know what? That makes me feel so much better Yes, because I adore speaking and don't get me wrong. If my job was like a lot of speaking, then I would be very happy. However, my speaking is, that's not the job I'm trying to do. Do you know what I mean? My, uh, uh, well, for a long time, my agency has been my job, but actually the job going forward, my job, um, it's not, not really jobs, are they? Um, but what I want to do going forward in terms of the how, I make, model. how I make money, yeah, is my online products. So Correct. for me, 
sometimes when I don't charge, which if it's a big industry thing, and I know everyone in that audience is my, my audience, and they, don't, they can't afford to pay me, then I won't charge because that works beautifully for me because that's my audience. And if I get podcast listeners and if I can convert them to a lead magnet or a yeah. now selling on stage, then that works fine for me. So yes. I was just, I was sat here thinking I had to charge to speak, but actually- No, you don't have to charge. Especially as an entrepreneur market, people don't usually charge in the entrepreneur market. Like, I mean, I get people who come and speak at our mastermind Mm. and, you know, when I think about if they were a professional speaker, like they would be charging 10 to $20,000 a speech and they come and speak for free. And for me, when I speak, like the other day when I spoke for James, he bought me some rollerblades, right? (laughs) And it was just like, (laughs) it was the funniest gift ever. But like rollerblades, a couple hundred bucks, like whatever, right? It's but it, it's just like a funny gift and we just yeah. like buy each other funny things to just say thank you. But I'm not going to charge him, you know, ten or $15,000 come and speak because it's a positioning piece. And so yeah. it's a very different business model. So you've got to decide what sort yes. of business yes. model you want to build. Do you want to be a professional speaker and then have back-end sales on the end of it? And you can do that. Or do you want to be serving entrepreneur market and usually yeah. speak for positioning? Yes. And I always recommend asking at least to do some sort of upsell like, for example, there were, uh, Roger Love, you saw us speak at the Kajabi yes. conference. He was amazing. Brilliant, right? His upsell oh, funny as into hell. his text um, and then that went into his Kajabi yeah. course and then there's a sell on the back end of that. Yeah. Brilliant. He was yeah. the only one who really nailed it. Yeah. And so I would always recommend that. I call it a soft sell. There's three types of speeches that you do. Mm-hmm. There's a sharp sell. A yeah. sharp sell is your classic sell from stage. So that is when you're running a webinar, you are selling a, an offer and people are giving you credit cards. The end of yeah. that is credit cards. Yeah. Or you're running a workshop or you're speaking at, a, I speak at a lot of conferences where I'm allowed to sell because I've, I've negotiated with the organizer. So that's a sharp sell. Yeah. It's the second type of speech is a soft sell. And a soft sell is just the upgrade into an opt-in or a lead magnet. And yeah. if you can't do a sharp sell, I would always ask, at least ask to do a soft sell. Yeah. Right. And then the bottom level is a no sell. And a no sell is just like your classic keynote. There's no upsell. There's nothing at all. But with what I teach, which is what you saw at that conference where you saw me speak live, that was a no sell because like he didn't even want me to do an opt in, which was fine. It was totally fine. Like I respect it. And, but I spoke in a way that generated clients and added value. So the result of that is. So, because there's three currencies that you're going to get, you're either going to get credit cards or Mm -hmm. like you're going to get clients. The second type of currency is you're going to get clients' details, Mm -hmm. which is like an opt in, or you're going to get claps. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I don't want claps. Okay. I want clients and claps. Yeah. Yeah. And most people think that they can't get claps and clients together, but I think you can, which comes back to that quadrant that we were going to talk about in the conversation, right? Yeah, so and let's so, talk about that if that's okay, if that fits down. Yeah, for sure. Let's yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, so um, there's basically, if you look at any presentation, I, I said that there's three types of presentations, right? Sharp yeah. sell, soft sell, no yeah. sell. And if you look at content in general, mm-hmm. there's four types of content that you're going to be delivering. Now, if, the, if, if your listeners have a pen and a pad, you can kind of draw this out. If not, you can just imagine it in your head. Think about like four boxes like a quadrant, right? Mm-hmm. Running along the bottom is engagement. So that's like value. So are people enjoying your presentation? Are they having a laugh? Are they hearing great yeah. stories, getting value, useful principles? 
running up the vertical is the conversion. So in other words, how many people are actually opting in or signing up to your programs? Yeah. So looking at those two spectrums, I think if you're really high only on the engagement, you're going to have entertaining quadrant. You're going to have an entertaining speech. People are going to laugh. They're going to give you high fives. They're going to give you nice emails. You're going to feel good. You're going to get a standing ovation. Yeah, that's awesome, right? Yeah. On the, on the opposite spectrum is if you're getting high conversions, but there's like low engagement or value, mm-hmm. it's gonna, the content's going to feel pushy. It's yeah. going to feel like, like manipulative, icky, and you've probably been at conferences where it feels like that. Yeah. It's like every speaker gets up, selling from- hard sell. Yeah, horrible. And it just doesn't feel good, right? No. Because they don't, they're not, because you can do it in a way that feels really good yeah. and is actually converting high. But if you don't know how to speak in a way that adds value and converts, then there's a problem. And mm-hmm. so you end up getting a bad reputation in the industry and all that sort of stuff. So the, that second one is the high conversions, but it's like knowing, not like low engagement, it's pushing yeah. quadrant. In the bottom left hand is no, like really yeah. low You're engagement. Rubbish at both. <laughs> rubbish at both, right? And that's just like the dead quadrant. That's just yeah. dead content. People no are bored. Who wants to be there? <laughs> yeah, no speaker. But we, I think we all start out there. I mean, I, yeah. I started out there, right? Yeah. Many of us started, it's like the dead quadrant. We don't have the skills to speak. No. Nope. And we don't know how to speak in a way that converts. And that's no. totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like th- that's totally fine. And the goal is creating irresistible content. Yeah. And that is where it's high value and high conversion, even yeah. if you're not allowed to sell. Yeah. If you're not allowed to actually make an offer or even do an opt-in like you saw me speak, I yeah. literally had a line of people and I had yeah. people giving me physical credit cards and I'm like, I can't take your credit card. There's yeah, nothing. I don't have a swipe machine card. in my pocket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but a bunch of people actually joined uh, my program straight after that. They emailed me. Yeah. They're like, Colin, seriously, what do we do? How do we work together? Amazing. And so uh, that's my obsession is teaching people to, to kind of move out of the dead quadrant or the pushy yeah. quadrant or the entertaining quadrant and get into that irresistible quadrant. So talk to me a little bit about the selling bit, because this is the bit that makes everybody go, oh, like it's horrible. And, and I think that's because there's been an experience of a horrible experience where I've sat in the audience and watched someone try to sell on stage to me, from stage to me. And I've just thought, this is not nice. Now, what's really weird is I did some webinars recently and I very much looked at the uh, processes. I do always do my research and I very much looked at Amy's and um, James's and stuff. And I found a way with all their content, a very comfortable way, which I could get on the webinar and I could sell. I was really upfront and honest at the beginning, which I think was one of James's things where it basically says, I say to them, you know, this webinar is not for you if, and obviously it's not for you if you don't want to put the effort in or try and all those good things. And then it's not for you if you get offended by watching an hour's worth of free training, but then an offer at the end. And it kind of completely put it out on the table and took all the anxiety away from me. It was great because it was like, I can now get on and give you amazing content, but I'm going to give you an offer at the end because I've just given you an hour's free training. And then when it got to the offer, again, I followed it through on the process and it felt fine and lovely to me. It was, it was okay. The selling from stage thing is super hard. The selling in general, without trying to come across being horrid is really difficult. So just kind of talk to that a bit. Like again, getting on stage and and talking is one thing, then getting on stage and selling. It's like you're giving people the two worst things to do 
ever. Like, what two things do you hate the most? Now you're doing them at once. Brilliant. <laughs> so, the, two worst, the two worst things that grow your business the fastest. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Which is why, yeah. I suppose, the people who can do them properly are the ones who are the winning. Like, yeah, because. Absolutely. Because people don't want to do either of those things and they certainly don't want to do them together because it feels horrible. And I said to you when I saw you last that I had then done a talk and I thought, oh, I know. I'd launched this this course, fairly low-cost course, really good value. So actually for me, I was... I was really confident in the product and I knew the audience would be perfect for it. And I did this talk and it was fairly small-ish talk to a you know a reasonable sized audience and I tried to sell it at the end uh it was horrible now I made one sale I just want to say that I made so I did actually sell to one person which was cool however it was it didn't feel nice so Mm. so this is why you're on because I need you to tell me how to make that feel nice because there's a few things I think it all starts with a mindset shift Mm-hmm. And so, because what you're talking about is the energy that you're feeling in your body, which is yeah. created by a thought. So I think right at the start, you need to relook at speaking. Yeah. And so we need to understand that speaking isn't education. Speaking isn't entertainment. Speaking mm-hmm. is selling. Now, okay. even if you're not selling an offer or even doing a content upgrade, every time you open your mouth, you are selling. What yeah. I mean by that is, like, have you, did you ever work, work corporate? at all. Yes, I did. Yeah. For years. Yeah. Now when you're in corporate and you went to another department, wouldn't you agree that the meeting was not just about a meeting? It was about getting them to get on board with the ideas so that they could collaborate with you and you didn't become two silos, right? Yeah. That was the goal. So essentially you were selling in, in corporate. Yeah. Selling an idea. Yeah. Without you even thinking that you were selling. Yeah. You're still having to be persuasive and, you know. So it's persuasion. Yeah. Essentially. It's in, it's building influence essentially. Yeah. And so for me, speaking is about influence and influence creates a sale eventually. Mm-hmm. And it's a sale, even if it's just an idea or getting them yeah. to take an action. And so I think that one of the first shifts you need to make is that you realize that if you want to speak on a stage that you are selling, whether you're yeah. selling something or not. So when you start to reckon, reconcile with that, it starts to feel like rather than, and one of the mistakes that people make is they sell at the end. Yeah. Where if you see the whole presentation as a piece that's selling ideas the whole way through and selling them yes. into your actual program, which to be honest, my program is the only thing that's truly going to change your life. Yeah. Like you're going to get inspired by stuff yeah, yeah. we talk about. Yeah. But if you really want to change your, you know, your life, then you yeah. need to do it you know, your program, my program, like you need yeah. to do our programs. Yeah, if you totally. really want to change your life. Now it's cool to have these conversations, but that's the, that's the ultimate, you know, transformation. Yeah. And so when you view it like that, speaking starts to become a little bit different. The second revelation you need to have is that selling is serving. Mm. Now, what I mean by that is that when I think about the people who we serve, our mastermind members who pay the most amount of money to work mm-hmm. with us, they're the people who see the biggest transformations and the biggest revenue growth and the biggest personal growth in their life. Yeah. And they are the people who are paying the most money with us because mm-hmm. they've got more, more skin in the game. For yeah. me to serve someone, part of my service of them is them committing to themselves at a higher level. Yeah. And one of the currencies of that is money. Another currency is time. Another currency is energy. 
another currency is just commitment emotionally. Yes. But I think when you bring money into it, it actually lifts your emotional commitment to yourself and your own results. Yeah. So it's not even about them giving me money. What it's about is me creating a space for the prospect to enter mm-hmm. and the the gate that they work that they walk through is the commitments that they need that they must have to yeah. enter that space of transformation that I'm creating. And the and the gate is money, time, yeah. energy, emotional focus, yeah. all those sort of things. And I love that. Yeah. Like the the selling serving thing is so so good because at the end of the day, unless you're a crook, which hopefully most of us, all of us listening to this podcast now, they're not crooks. They're yeah. nice, genuine, real entrepreneurs. Hey, you their business is to help people. You know, yeah. someone said to me the other day, um, they were saying to me about why don't I do a, which I am going to do, a more higher level sort of coaching program to a smaller number of people. Mm. And I was like, and I see it more as mentoring because I, I don't necessarily want to say I'm a coach because that's not where I've come from. But obviously she said, so for instance, if you had 10 people and you work with them for 90 days, could you make a difference to their business? I'm like, of course I could. Mm. You know, this is what I do. This is what I'm good at. And she's like, so there we go. Like, perfect. So like you said, as long as we're offering a real genuine actual yes. something and we're not lying and making it up and trying to sell them the emperor's clothes that don't exist, then we are serving. We're not, you know, we're not some yucky, horrible salesperson, are we? Mm. So, so also I just want to go back and talk about, uh, you mentioned selling. I love the fact that you said selling all the way through the talk. Now, what was really interesting with the webinar, which I've never done and bearing in mind, I've done way more talks than I've done webinars. I never thought about that with the talks, but I thought about that with the webinar. So the entire webinar was set up with, like you said, the idea was all the content I delivered fit perfectly that the natural next step was to go and buy my course because mm. I couldn't have taught all my course content within that hour. So yes. I, I did what I need to do and, and explain the process and why they want to do it, but I obviously couldn't deliver the content. So that made perfect sense, but I've never done that from stage. So can you just touch on that a bit more in terms of how do you, how do you prepare yourself and your audience in terms of on stage to then sell all the way through? So I call it infusion selling. Okay. So infusion selling is thinking about your content because we talk about as we want it to be irresistible. Yeah. Is that it's a blend of shifting their thinking so that they have new insights and revelations on your topic. Is so, which is value. And yeah. one of the other distinctions is that getting your audience to a place of congruent decision around mm-hmm. whether they want to move forward with that vehicle that you're offering, that is value in itself. Because have you, I mean, have you ever had, and you've probably had this, Teresa, because you're a smart, smart person, you've had someone come to you and say, Hey, can I pick your brain? Can I take oh you my. out for coffee and pick your brain? And <laughs> your word. Right. Uh, and you know, early days, did it all the time. And, all the time, right? And this one woman, it got to the point where she talked to me for three hours. And I, and I like you, I think, we love what we do. Mm. So when you do start yeah, talking right. about it, you can't help yourself. So when no. someone says, what about this? You're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So all the time. So how, many, how much practicals did you give that person in that free session? Oh, my how much actual word. She, Everything, right? Yeah, she literally extracted it. And I want to blame her, but I can't. How much did she do with it? Well, do you know what? I don't know. She she did a couple of little bits with it, but... For instance, her business suddenly didn't take off. And believe me, with the stuff I told her, if she'd (laughs) done it all, it would have taken off. (laughs) My experience has been, and maybe your listeners, is that 
I, yeah, I will spend, or I used to spend a lot of time with people kind of picking my brain and they just do nothing with it. Yeah. And I give them all the practicals. Yeah. And so I'm actually not, I actually did a video on Facebook about this the other day, is that giving your audience the how-tos is hurting them. Yeah. Because they don't need, they don't need the how-tos yet. What they need is a decision. Okay. So my goal is not to give everyone the how-tos in the first conversation I sit with them. My goal is to bring them to a place of congruent decision because the reason why they haven't got a transformation in that area in their life is not because they don't have the how-tos. To be honest, they could probably find a lot of the how-tos on Google. And the yeah. reason why they haven't found it is because they haven't made a congruent decision yet that they want to fully go forward with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So how, how do and you... So my content is designed to make at least between six to eight decisions throughout the presentation where they decide that they no longer want to do it like an old way or they no longer want to do it a way where they're not getting results and they want to start moving towards a way where they are getting results. Mm -hmm. And that's a blend of giving them beliefs that will help them and serve them. Like one of the beliefs is that speaking is selling. Like people think that speaking is about just education, but it's not because if you see it as speaking is education, you're never going to build a business. No. And if you, and if you see selling as some, as like sleazy or pushy or something Mm -hmm. that you don't want to do, you're never going to build a business. No. Right. And so even those shifts that we've given today, those shifts can, can, is getting someone to a point where they, they can make a congruent decision that they're like, you know what? I actually want to learn how to sell properly. Yeah. Because up until that point, they're not moving towards that. So they have, because they haven't made a congruent decision. So I can't help anyone until they are fully in on that decision. Yeah. Is this making sense? Perfect, actually. And, and the, the point of the how to's. Is, is so right because again, it's weird. Why can I do it thinking on a webinar, but not from, you know, just generally talking and speaking. But so one of the things that I talk about with webinars is you teach them the what and the why, but not the how. Correct. Because the, the how is, is the actual thing. So I Put guess yourself. I'm trying to relate it to that. If you're telling them the what and why you want to be like that. So like you said, so the what is that, you know, speaking is selling, you know, and, and why that's important. When you, which you have just done to me, but you haven't told me the how of physically doing that thing or what I physically need to do for that. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, because what you need is a congruent decision. That's what yeah. you need at the start. And because it's a process you need to go through to learn all the mechanics of it. But yeah. I think that desire is the first thing that you need. I know for me, you know, I've gone through like Tony Robbins University and for me, when I made that congruent decision of wanting to go through it, that started the catalyst for me seeing the transformation yeah. through his programs. And I'm, I'm, I wouldn't have seen life change from doing a one-hour webinar with him. No. But I got inspired to make a decision to actually see life change through doing his programs. And I'm so yeah. grateful for that. And think about this, Teresa. Like, think about someone who's had a big impact on your life that you don't have to say their names, but like someone who's had a big impact on your life Mm. and you've paid to do their programs. Can you think of one person? Well, James Wedmore. You James Wedmore, right? Then and if you listen to today, think of one person who maybe you've paid yeah. and, and they've had a really positive impact on your life. Mm-hmm. Now imagine if he had never made an offer to, to, to yeah. be a part of his program, right? Imagine he'd never made that offer. Imagine what would be missing in your knowledge base, in your emotional abilities, in your mm-hmm. connections, your relationships, in your business. Yeah. And imagine like even five, 10 years from now, as you implement even more of that stuff, imagine what would be missing if you didn't, if yeah. you didn't make that offer, 
which essentially he sold to you. Yes. Yeah. Right? And he was really good at selling it. And I knew what he was yeah. doing, but he still did it so well. I was like, damn you, James. I've, and it was, it was moving and you're, you're in one of James's programs. Yeah. Um, but it was moving from business by design, which is a three and a half grand program to next level, which is like a 15 grand. Yeah. And my husband thought I was mental, like literally thought I was crazy when I went back from that conference in the evening going, any chance? Do you yeah. think, is this crazy? Shall I just do this? But, but like you said, the value I've got from, and again, I never thought about it like that. I never thought. And how did you join that program? Where did he sell from? Stage. Yes. <laughs> so I was in the infancy of that because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close with James and I remember him because he never had the group coaching program when I, when I started working with him. And I said to him, I'm like, dude, you, you've got to sell this at the yeah. live event. And he'd never done it before. And he did it. And he and, was blown away. Like and, ridiculous. And there was a huge amount of us, bearing in mind that that conference itself had, what, 200 people in the room. Yep. And it was a massive jump in cost. So it wasn't like yep. a, you know, a small upgrade. Like seven times the price. <laughs> exactly. And you probably had, and if I had to guess, I reckon at least 60 people that signed up out of 200. Mm-hmm. I mean, that yep. is a phenomenal That's percentage. Right. It's madness. But again, the funny thing was, I knew what he was doing because my background's marketing. That's what I do. Yeah. I still love it when people do it, when they do it smartly. And he did it so smartly. I was like, yeah. yeah he's I not pushy, which is, no. for me, that's the enemy. There's no pushiness. No. It's just simply, this is my offer. This, yeah. is, this is the transformation you will receive. I am fully committed to that for you. Would you like to be committed to that as well? So, okay. So this is a really good thing saying there's two things I want to bring up. Firstly, the first question is, how do you ask a organizer of an event if you can sell from stage whether it be lead magnet or actual selling and then when you go into the actual sale how do you because that was the other thing when I when I sold it on the webinar I knew how to end it because I was ending in question and answers and I knew how to yeah. finish it when I tried to do it from from that stage once it was like so there we go if you want it thanks bye and I, <laughs> it was so embarrassing like quick get that off the screen like, I've done that a few times <laughs> So, so yes, yeah, so those two questions. So first on how do I ask someone and bear in mind, I do a lot of speaking where I don't charge or I don't charge a lot for. Yeah. So I feel that I should be even more confident and comfortable to go, I need to get something back from this. Yeah. So how, how do I do that? Well, first of all, you ask. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> like that's part ask of the question. Like, Damn it. I was ask. hoping you wasn't going to say that. <laughs> Is there not some secret little mind trick you can do where they offer it? <laughs> when, I mean, when I've, I've got like this nine grid process that I take, that it's called corporate scaling. So okay. when you're, especially if you're speaking in corporates, it's like, how do you sell your keynote and then also have the sell on the back end of it. But at the core of it is, is you, you ask, especially okay. if you're dealing with like a smaller group yeah. and you, and you would, and you, if you're making an offer like a sale, you could do a promotional partnership. So for me, one of my first promotional partnerships was I had a keynote gig. I was, I was getting paid for the keynote and uh, it was a fairly good audience. Like it was about three or 4,000 people, right? It was a good size audience. And I said to the promoter, I said, um, and he didn't have anyone selling on the stage. Yeah. And I said to them, hey, I've got a course that partners beautifully with the program that I'm, sp- with the, pr- sorry, the topic that we're, yeah. that I'm speaking on. 
What do you think about me adding this as a next step, a simple logical next step? And you could even interview me at the end about it and so forth for the audience and we can do a promotional partnership. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that sounds really good. And so we ended up working out a percentage and usually it's between either 50-50 or up to about 70-30, usually the speaker's way. Okay. And, and depending on what they want. And, and, he, and he loved it. And, and we, I did the presentation, it was a half an hour keynote. And then I made a, an offer at the end and we actually did it kind of an interview style. Like he was asking me about the program and how that worked and all that sort of stuff. And we did $124,000 on the back end of that. Plus I got paid my keynote fee. Wow. And so, you know, for, you know, basically it's like a $35,000 half an hour presentation. Uh, sorry, $135,000 half an hour presentation. Yeah, madness. Like I'll take that any day. <laughs> like, yeah. That's fine. Not bad way to make money. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Thanks like, very so, much. <laughs> it's better than poking the eye with a blunt stick. Yeah. <laughs> and so, as the Aussies would say. And so, for me, that was, I mean, that was a really big wake up of, wow, look at this opportunity. You know, this is incredible. How much yeah. money am I leaving on the table every single time? Yeah. And so, you know, there's various ways you can do it. You can do it in interview style or you can do it in as literally, I mean, one of the things that I believe is that I'll even say this to them. You know, I, I, I'm going to inspire you. This is going to be a great conversation that we're going to have. But my intention is to really transform your life. And so yeah. this is where it's done. And then I'll go into my program. So this is what it looks like. It's not for everyone. Uh, it's not for you if you, know, this, you don't kind of meet this criteria, mm-hmm. then that's totally fine. But if you do meet this criteria, then I think this might be a good opportunity for you to, to see some more transformation in your life. If, 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 your life. if you resonate with my content, you resonate with me, then I'd love to keep working with you. And then you can kind of talk about your offer. And so, you know, there's some of the little strategies that you can pepper in at the end and transition. I really like that actually, because again, you know, this, this small talk I did locally, I was like chucking all this value at these people and they're writing down. It's amazing. And they, and one of the ladies came up to me at the end and she's like, thank you, Teresa. That was awesome. And it was so, you know, really loved what you said and blah, blah, and really lovely and complimentary. And then I was like, listen, um, and the funny thing was, I was such, I was so, I'm a nightmare, basically. I would just give everything away for free because I'm so soft. And I do, like most people, dislike having to then close into a cell. So can I just speak to that? Yeah, of course. If if you're giving away everything for free, Mm -hmm. this is what I would say to you as a client. Can I say it? Of course you can. Is... Am I going to cry? So much respect. (laughs) And I say this in so much respect. But I want to transform your life, Teresa, as well. Yes. Because I know how much you can help people is that if, if you're not willing to ask for a fee, then yeah. you're not fully committed to seeing them transform. Okay. No, and it's I like kind that. of like a mind bend because yeah, it's yeah, like... Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, but it, no, no. My intention is to see them... Because tra- yeah. I know your intention, right? And I say that yeah, so yeah. respectfully. Yeah, I know your intention is to see them p- completely transform. But unless there's a fee involved and yeah. there's no skin in the game, so you won't see them transform. They're not. And that's the point. Does that make sense? Total and sense. Because Are you 100% committed to seeing them transform? Yeah. You are. You know. I know. And I know you. And so, so there needs to be a fee involved if that's what you're committed to. And you're so right. Because how many times have we done something where we hardly pay anything for it or you get it on a real discount? I have courses that could be brilliant. I've not even opened them because mm. they were like $40 or whatever. Yes. James's stuff oh man, did I put skin <laughs> in the game in. for that yeah. one? Like, there's no way I am wasting that opportunity. No. I'm going to use it. I flew out to the next level event. You know, yeah. we, we, I have to go to California, which obviously is an amazing place to go to, but that is an investment itself. You know, the flights are thousands and, you know, so you are totally right because 
I've got people, funnily enough, the course I've, um, I launched was a, a small course as a test because the big stuff and the real stuff's coming. But I did this course, and it's a great course, but I did this course and I invited a couple of people in for free because I knew them or they'd helped me or something, something. They've never done a thing. Mm-hmm. Literally haven't even looked at it. And exactly. like, and I know it can help them. And I know it's really, really good. But like I said, I just, it's that whole, the, it's almost saying the words. It's almost letting them come out of your mouth of, I've got this amazing course. It's brilliant. It's going to cost this much, you know, but again, it's the value in yourself, you know, in, in saying, I want people to look at me and and think I am going to have to pay for that, or I am going to have to put some money in. I'm not going to get her time for free, or I'm not going to get that for free. But it was really difficult because this lady came up to me and she's like, you know, that was brilliant. Great. And I, this is great. And basically my course, which is how to create content for social media. And it's like, literally, they'd probably have to spend a couple of hours. It's really succinct. I'm very direct. I'm quick. Yeah. Uh, give them all the stuff they need and it will literally transform how she creates content. Absolutely. And, and I was like, said so that, you know, I, I'll send you the masterclass I did, which I'm basically giving her access to a masterclass that's now gone. And I actually said to her, I need to hit myself right in the head. I said, at the end of the masterclass, I am going to offer you something because that's what the masterclass is for, but you don't need to take it. And I literally just shut it straight down. <laughs> You don't need to transform your life. No, no, don't you worry about that. Or come back and see me. I'll probably just give it you. No, I won't. List people on the podcast. It's not asking me for free. I'm going to get all these emails. Teresa, can I have that course for free? (laughs) So good. Honestly, what is wrong with us? So moving forward, it is at the end, if you really liked the content, then that's a cool course that will really take it to the next level. That's good. And And I love what you said before in terms of, you know, this is great. This content's great. But if you really want to make that change and you're right, if you're really serious, all the, all the conferences and I do lots of conferences and obviously as a speaker, I attend and you do. And there must be loads of people that you've seen that you think, Oh, that's so good. That's so smart. You leave the conference. Boom. Done. Mm. Never. Like I want a couple of people to make an offer at a conference. Maybe not everyone, but I want a couple of them, especially if I resonate with them to make an offer. And then, because then at least I have an opportunity to kind of know where to go and, or at least give me an opt-in of like yeah. to get in a funnel so that I can potentially work with them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Um, what's interesting when I joined James's as well was we did the Myers-Briggs. Yep. So, you know, I don't know what I am. I know I'm the same as Oprah Winfrey, E-N, uh, some F-G, I can't remember, but whatever yeah. I am, that's it. I think I'm that. Yeah. Whatever I am, in James's summary, it said, I can sell from stage. You can. So yeah, he's you're an influencer profile. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they said that, you know, you need to show your face, which is why I decided to do the masterclasses and why. Mm. And then suddenly it started to make sense that actually that's perhaps why I get a good response from speaking because without even trying to sell something, and I have hardly ever, I've done lead magnets for yeah. sure, but I've never which was what, that was lovely that you said that's a, a soft sell. So I, I'm not totally terrible, yeah. um, but I have done some emails, but that was, that's why for me, learning how to do that selling bit mm. um, or learning how to start to transition into that is going to be really nice because hopefully I've got the speaking bit and I like the yes. speaking bit. So really it's just such a missed opportunity, isn't it, for people? Oh yeah, like... When you add the selling bit into it and you do you use infusion processes where you're selling throughout the whole presentation mm-hmm. and then when you have the right opportunity, 
to actually make offers, like your speaking is going to another level. Like yeah. it's, it's stratospheres above. Yeah. And so, because I know you'll be a great speaker. I, I would love to sit in audience and watch you oh, speak. Genuinely, you. you're a great communicator. And I think that's why people would listen to the podcast because they like hearing you've actually got a great tone. Thank you. Yeah, you do. So, you know, you've got all the, all the factors there to build on, which is just really exciting. Yeah, no, honestly, this is, this is an area that I love. And I just think the more people that can get it and, and be good at it, because like you said, that I've been at many conferences, I'm sure you have, where you sit there and think, oh God, please oh, get absolutely. on stage. Like, <laughs> this is bad. Um, but, but I, I, and the other thing that I forget about is, so I'm speaking in London next week at a really big social media event and I'm going to have to pay to get down to London, which in, in the UK is flipping expensive. I could right. get to Germany cheaper than I could get to London. I'm not even kidding. It's crazy expensive. Hotels are crazy expensive. Yeah. So not only have I just paid for those two things physically, I'm then having two days out of the business where I'm going and I'm going to be at the event. You know, I'm obviously now going to have to, or I've spent time putting together a presentation, working out what I'm going to do. So you can't, I, I guess I need to get over that guilty feeling of I want to sell something or I want to get something back from it. Because actually, yeah. I, I couldn't. If you weren't feeling guilt, what else would you feel? What, what could be another emotion you could feel? I suppose talk, if you think back at the I'm serving, if I wasn't giving them somewhere to go and then I'm kind of doing them an injustice or I'm kind yes. of, you know, let her, not, they're missing out then, aren't they? You're doing them an injustice. Yeah. If they don't have somewhere to go. Yeah. And they don't have to go. Like there's no, yeah, you know, yeah. There's no like you're not holding them over a fire. Yeah. You're, you're simply just saying, hey, if you resonate with this content, these are some next steps you can take. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Colin, you have cool. been so, so good. <laughs> I've loved this. Loved it. So if people are listening and they're like, do you know what? I need to work on this. Where can they go to get a bit more information? So I know you've got a couple of cool things that people can download for free. So, yeah. so where can they go to get that? Well, one of, one, of the, one of the core ways to speak in a way that sells, even on webinar or on Facebook Live, is using your story. Yeah. And so I had a client the other day come to, come to me and say, Colin, how do I use my story? Or where is my story in my life? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do I find that? Yeah, how do yeah. I tell it? And I was like, well, I could tell you or I could create something really useful and helpful for you. So I created a guide and I gave it to my client, but I wanted to give it away to your audience and then anyone else who wants to kind of download it. And so it's called the sell with story guide. And it basically helps you to uncover and then to use your story that sells. And you can use that in speaking engagements, webinars, Facebook lives. And there's actually a Facebook live process at the end of it that teaches you how to use it on your next Facebook live. And so, and so you can grab it at sellwithstoryguide.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so sellwithstoryguide.com. I'm sure you'll put the... I'll put the link in my show notes, yeah. On the thank you page of that, at the moment, there's actually a new training series that we're about to run and that awesome. starts on the 9th of May. And basically, it is, I'm going to go into a lot more of the nitty-gritty details and the processes that I use to teach people to get confident to speak and sell on any stage. And okay. so we're going to start a training series. It's going to be called Speak and Sell from Stage. And so they can sign up for that as well if they want to learn deeper and it's all free. Um, and so we're going to be getting into a lot more of the nitty gritty stuff and really helping you guys. Perfect. And I'm going to be going and downloading mine as soon as we finish this. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually a really good guide. Like I like to create stuff where I'm like, this is awesome. Yes. 
Yeah, I love that. Honestly, I, I've done that with stuff myself and it's like, this is really good. Like genuinely, if you do it, it's really, really good. Well, so, you need to have congruence with yeah. what you're selling. Yeah. And because when you feel congruence, you sell it like, like nothing else because it's an emotive yeah. drive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're, um, it's, it's being proud of it, isn't it? You know, I remember, and I don't know whether you're around for this bit just quickly before we finish. When we were at that event where you spoke for James, yeah. I stood up to answer a question thinking that I could just answer the question and sit back down again. And James was like, uh-uh. And he started giving me a bit of a, um, a hot seat. Yeah. And he, he asked me about this product and I said, oh, I've put together this little course. And he mm. literally went, what? Little. You hear that? Right. Literally. <laughs> and they were like, this little course. And I was like, uh, yeah. And he was like, have you got children? I said, I have a, a daughter and a two stepchildren. And he's like, would you play down your daughter like you did about your course? Because when you talk about your daughter, are you all like, no, oh, she's just this all right thing. And I'm like, no, of course I wouldn't. You'd be like, oh, she's cool. And she's this. And she's, and he's like, that's the way you need to look at the thing you're selling, you know? And like you said, if, if you're there going, oh, this is actually really cool. It's not going to be as hard as it? it's going to be an easier process in terms of going, it's really good. It gets great results. You really want to give it a go type thing. So yeah. That's that's when your sales is going to go gangbusters is when you feel congruently aligned with it. And so everything I create, I am obsessed with making it a frigging blockbuster. Like how does this be amazing? So Yeah. yeah, that's my obsession because I know when I do that, it's going to explode. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Colin, thank you so much. It's been so nice to have you on the podcast and I'll put all those links in the show notes. So it's com forward slash 63 as in the numbers. You can get all those links there. And thank you so much for being on. Yeah. Thanks, Therese. It's been a pleasure. That was so super cool. I love that episode. It was really, really nice. He was such a nice guy. Said some really smart stuff. And like I said, even if you're thinking, well, I don't want to speak on stage or I don't want to sell that way, then actually he gave some really good advice just generally in terms of selling and connecting and presenting yourself. Because as business owners, we do all present ourselves every single day, whether it's on a stage to hundreds and thousands of people or whether it's in a room with two or three people in a room that you're then trying to sell your service to. So like I said, I think whatever your business or wherever you are in your business, I think he gave some really cool advice. And I have gone and downloaded his uh, sell with story guide and it's really good. So I definitely recommend that you go and do that. So next week's episode is going to be me on my own again. I'm now getting organized as you can hear because I know what's coming next. So we're going to be talking about a few different things next week, actually, things that keep coming up as an entrepreneur and a business owner that I think you're going to find really interesting and hopefully resonate with. So I will see you here again next week. Until then, have a lovely time. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath-Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com. 